I don't recommend it. I don't recommend having a family member have a medical emergency when you bring your first child or second child. Or So we, we were coming home from the hospital. I think it was the set, like day two post, post Serena. And literally like we walked into the house and that, and the medical emergency was happening when we walked into the house. And so probably within 15 or 20 minutes of us walking in the door, it's hard to remember exactly. There were, there was an ambulance outside our house, paramedics coming in. Hello and welcome back to Dads on Leave. I'm Kunal Rambia. October 1, 2020 marked the day that the Federal Employee Paid Leave Act made 12 weeks of parental leave available to all federal employees. While making leave available is a huge step forward, how that 12 weeks gets used is complicated. In today's conversation with Howard Locker, we get a better sense of what that meant for his family, from delaying the cost of daycare to feeling like you're falling behind at work, to a major unexpected medical emergency in the family, even the best intention plans were tested almost immediately after his daughter was born. Howard, it's great to have you. Can you start by telling us a little bit about you, a little bit about your family, and where you were working when you had your first kid? Now, thanks so much for having me. I'm a little confused. I thought we were going to have a sports podcast. We were just going to do hot takes back and forth, but I'm happy to talk about parental leave, too. I'm Howard. I work for the United States Department of Justice. I live in the Boston suburbs in Massachusetts. And uh, I was working for the DOJ when I had my daughter, Serena, who's a little bit over a year now. Thanks, Howard. Being just over a year as a new parent, maybe now is a good time to reflect on how things have gone over that past year. Can you start with the day that she was born? Just walk me through what that day was like for you and Neha. In a word, it was a blur. I have a very visceral memory of when Serena was actually born, but I feel like the process leading up to it was very much a blur. It was crazy. It was a crazy day. Serena came out and I was mostly concerned about Neha getting through it. And once Serena's born, the, the doctors, the nurse take the take, took her away and, and weighed her and measured her and cleaned her up a little bit. And Neha was beyond exhausted. And you're just like your world shifts. And you're like, what do we do? <laughs> what happens next? And it was like, really a blur is the best way of describing it. I had some skin to skin contact with Serena. It felt like a barrage of interruptions after that. It was like, we would sure try to rest. Then a nurse would come in or a doctor would come in or this person would come in and want to do something with Serena or something with Neha. And so it was actually very hard uh, to rest at all. And, and obviously, while all that's going on, we have a new baby that we have to try to learn how to care for. Yeah, uh, a lot of the same experiences for us. But you did a nice job of painting the picture of the constant interruptions, the overwhelming feelings, and the uh, obvious weight of responsibility that has just been dropped in your lap. Do you mind saying a little bit about your game plan going into parental leave and Maybe a little bit about what was easy or hard about that. Yeah, so I think my wife had about, I think it was five and a half months of leave. And that, and I had 12 weeks. And my wife is very career focused. So I think she had initially wasn't sure if she was going to take all of it. And I think we, as we talked through it, she 
came around and saw the value of taking it. I think I had seen people in my office take time off and I had I had a very busy period at work for a long time. And so I was wanted to take advantage of the time off. And so I think the big decision for us was, are we going to take all of our leave together or are we going to try to stagger it? And I think we ended up staggering it for a couple of reasons. First, my wife's parents were going to be, were staying with us and were going to be with us for a few months after the baby was born. We had help at home. We were you know, lucky to have that. And part of it was also figuring out childcare post, post our leave. And I think we felt like if we could prolong the period where one of us was taking care of Serena, that was our preference. That was our thought going in. I wanted to probe on that a little bit more. Based on what you said, it sounded like the people in your office had recently taken some parental leave. Uh, were they men? Were they women? What was the circumstances of it? And were they people that you were close to at work? And how did that influence the planning and comfort level of you taking the full leave that was offered? So I think there was one of my colleagues in my unit who was a female. And then there was another uh, colleague of mine who was in a different unit, also female, who had, I think, taken leave. And I, I think we're lucky to work in an office where, you know, my, my the first boss that I had and then the, and the boss that took over for her are both very understanding and they have families, but they, they know that having a work-life, family-life balance is important. And the policy is 12 weeks. And if that's what someone wants to take, I think they want to try to respect that. So I didn't have you know, any hesitation in, in terms of asking for the, taking the full leave. That's amazing. Do you think that's generally the culture across DOJ or is this specific to your microenvironment? I think it's hard to speak for DOJ as a whole, just because I think a lot of it, the departments across the country. And so I'm sure there are like local cultures or even who a supervisor might be that's going to influence that. Can you say a little bit more about uh, how you might have seen this play out maybe in previous jobs that you were in? I worked in a different role in DOJ prior to what I do now. And I think it would have been the, the sort of the same. At the previous job, we didn't have 12 weeks because the law that granted federal employees 12 weeks hadn't passed at the time. But I think the outcome would have been the same. But I think coming from working for private firms, and maybe something changed in the five, six years it's been since I was in private firms. I worked in private firms in New York. It is a little bit different of a culture. I think asking for whatever the policy would be for full leave, I think especially for men to ask for it, I think is, again, it depends on who your supervisors are, but it's still, I think, largely a, a profession where partners and people who run firms are older and from a prior generation and I don't think I could say uniformly that all of them don't understand the importance of parental leave, but I think a lot of times people come from a generation, different generation, and they, that's sort of their expectation is that people who follow them will do the same thing that they did, which a lot of times meant no parental leave. And that clearly wasn't the case for you at DOJ. Uh, were there other pressures that you were feeling, either internal pressures of wanting to be successful in your career? or external pressures of 
If you're not working, maybe that puts pressure on others in the office to carry additional responsibility. How are you thinking about leave and were you able to disconnect from your work and focus on your family? I was terrible at it. And I think it wasn't because of any sort of pressure from colleagues or my supervisors. I think I just had in my mind that I had some cases that I wanted to to keep moving. And so I worked way more than I should have. And I think for for our job, when we're assigned cases, it's not like there's a team of lawyers that work on them. It's usually, you know, one one federal prosecutor will take, will start the case and investigate it. And then if it's going to be charged, they'll work with their supervisors to get approval. But it, it's oftentimes a one-person show from the attorney side. And while people will cover for you while you're not there, but it's not going to, it's not their case. It's not going to be their case unless you decide you want to fully transfer it. And I decided not to do that. And that, that was maybe not the best move in terms of me taking advantage of my leave. But I felt an internal pressure, internal drive to try to keep things moving. Not on all of my cases, on a bunch of them, I was able to put those off to the side, but there were some that I wanted to keep moving. And so I ended up working way more than I planned to, way more than I should have. Working at the Department of Justice, there's a major element of public service to what you do. And if your cases were to stagnate because you're not available, then presumably somebody who's doing something that they shouldn't be doing could be allowed to continue to do so. Is that fair? I think that that's fair. And that's definitely part of it is, I didn't say this in the intro, but I I prosecute healthcare fraud cases on the criminal side. And so there is part of it where if we stop investigating and someone is doing something wrong and they're continuing doing it, I think there's also the other part of it too, which is when we're investigating cases, we also are mindful that the people, especially if they know that we're investigating them, that it it's a toll on those people as well and their ability to live their everyday life. And just because we're investigating something doesn't mean that someone's ultimately doing something wrong or something that we're going to prosecute criminally. And so some of it is trying to be respectful of that, trying to, to move things along for, for people who know that we're investigating them. So it, it was, I think, both of those things. Sure. So was there a handoff? Uh, what happened to the cases that you personally didn't take an active interest in while you were on parental leave? So I think we one of my colleagues in the unit was be assigned to, to babysit it. I mm-hmm. would email the agents who I was working with. If anything comes up in the time I'm off, you should reach out to, you know, so-and-so in, in the office. So there was somebody who was fielding incoming, but not necessarily someone who was going out proactively to move the ball forward. That's right. So having that single point of failure in an organization, to some extent, it puts additional pressure on you then to potentially want to pick up your computer to try to keep tabs on things or to move things forward. Yeah, it would be like when Serena was napping or or when we would put Serena to sleep at night doing some work in that time. That, that was when I would try to squeeze it in. I'm not sure how you charge your hours worked as a federal employee, but was there any extension of your leave because you were actually working during your time off, or did you do this work uh, in kind? It ended up being work in kind. We were we track the hours that we work 
every week where we have to account for 40 hours. I would say almost all of us work far more than 40 hours. The federal taxpayers are getting their money's worth out of us. But if I, so if I worked part of that 40 hours, if I worked eight hours in a week, then I would, you know, mark that I had worked down eight hours. And then in theory, I think one of the administrative people in our office emailed me maybe like a month or two after I came back and said, you still have however many hours of leave left that I could have used within the first 12 months of Serena's life. By the time that I came back, I was already so behind on all the work that the 12 months ran out before I could use all of the leave that I had accrued. I forget how much I had left over, but it was probably at least a week and a half, maybe more than that. Do you think that looking back on it now that you got the time that you wanted with your family, with your newborn child in those first 12 months? It's a hard question to answer. I think in the world as it should be, no. I think in the world as it exists, Neha and I were lucky to get a lot of time off between the two of us and to be able to have at least one of us home with her. But, you know, I, I sort of had talked a little bit before about how we just were deciding whether or not to stagger or to take our time together. And we staggered. And I think that made it, it made it hard on Neha. So the way we staggered, I think I took the first three or four weeks off after the baby was born and was home. And then Neha took her whole five and a half months or so then. And then I took the rest of my leave, which was, I don't know, about 10 weeks, I also used some vacation and some other time that I had off. But it was, even when I went back to work, it was hard for Neha because when you're even being a parent for a month, you still don't really know what you're doing. And I think in a better world, we would have had more time off each of us so that we also could have spent more time together to learn how to be parents together. When you're solo parenting and I have like incredible respect for single parents because just parenting a, a baby with even with another parent it is exhausting and tiring and to do it on your own I can't even imagine how that would go but yeah just having Serena on my own every day it's hard and especially those early months and I'm sure there are parents who are better about this than Neha and I were but between the like feedings every three hours, the three naps a day, it was, you know, I had these visions that like, oh, Serena and I will go to a museum or we'll go and do these outings. Not really for her, but at least like, we'd be getting around and doing stuff. But between all of those things in her schedule, it was like it left no time to really do anything. By the time she's going to dead to nap, you have cleaning to do and laundry to do. And maybe you want to like sit down for a few minutes and just breathe. And then you take two breaths and she's up and you're back at it. As I said, I think for the world as it is, I think we were lucky to get that much time off. But I think there are ways where it could have been it could have been better. You said something really interesting that I want to tease out. In the beginning, you said that this strategy was to maximize your leave so that you could delay reliance on external child care. But one thing you conveyed was that if you had more time to be new parents together at the beginning, it would have been good for you and it would have been good for Neha to have that support. Looking back on it now, 
Would you have opted for earlier childcare in favor of additional time together at the beginning? Again, in the world that we live in now, where you don't have unlimited additional time for both of you at the back end. I think probably we would have, I would have stayed home for a little bit longer. My guess is we probably would have still staggered. And it, in part, childcare is very expensive. And I think we also weren't appreciative of at least where we live. Most daycares operate on like a school year to school year basis. And so if you want to put your kid into to daycare, you have to apply almost like the year before to try to get a spot in a daycare. And so by the time we realized that most of the daycares that were nearby like, were full, and so we knew we were going to need to hire a nanny, and, and we ended up doing a nanny share, which is great to carry the bridge. But it's hard. There's no perfect answer. I think it would have been better for Neha and then better for both of us if I had stayed home more. The, uh, but the consequences, I would have not been able to take as much sleep. We would have had to uh, hire a nanny earlier, which would have cost more money. So there, I don't. There's no like perfect answer. But I think probably if we did it again, I would have stayed home for another couple of weeks. How much of a difference would that made? I don't know, but. It definitely would have been helpful for Nahan, and then it's worth it. It's a trade-off that we struggle with. I think everyone struggles with that trade-off because you've got a new child at home that needs a ton of attention. And like you said, those days alone can be exhausting and demanding, and it's almost easier to go back to work, right? Your work days are almost chill compared to having to try to manage the schedule of a three-month-old. It's like a whole nother level of tired, like, even a busy work day, there's like when you come home and you're tired from that, it was did not compare to the tired of caring for a three month old all day. Talk to me a little bit more about those first few weeks and months. And it seemed like you had a fairly uncomplicated experience at the hospital. But just thinking back and reflecting on our experience, the recovery for the mom's not immediate, to say the least, right? What was it like for you both in terms of trying to be a new parent, but also caring for your wife who had just gone through something that was both physically and emotionally taxing? I think we had a little bit of an unusual experience that I hope other people don't have to go through. But as I mentioned, Neha's parents were staying with us. And when we literally, we came home to the hospital and one of her parents had a medical emergency. And that was not something that we had, that anyone had planned for. And it added a whole layer that made everything more complicated. We were very lucky that we had a night nurse, highly recommended by you and Millie, who took charge of everything at the house, getting the diaper changing station set up, helping Neha with Serena. We were lucky to have that. And Franca, who's amazing, we ended up having her stay with us for a week and a half. And that was probably the best decision that we made. And I know that's not an option that's available to everyone. And so we're you know, lucky to and privileged to have been able to do that. But just having someone who has decades of experience caring for a newborn, how to change the diaper, how to start reading her, the different cues, help with breastfeeding, help with bottle feeding, letting us, I think, get a 
full night's rest once or twice. All of that was immensely helpful. I think it's generally known as like the baby is waking up every few hours. You're not getting much sleep. It's like you're trying to learn how to fly a plane while you're building it and it's in the air and you're exhausted. And so you're your threshold of what, things that upset you is low. And I think it probably happens with every couple, but you know, there were times where we're trying to figure out why Serena's crying and we can't figure it out. And we, we're getting frustrated with each other. We're getting frustrated with Serena. And it's, it just happened because you're so tired yeah. and you can't think through it rationally. You just want your baby to not cry, but it happens. They're babies. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. It it really gets to some of the raw truth about why you're saying a couple of extra weeks at home would have been valuable to you guys. Because those early days, you're really learning how to work together and deciding how you're going to approach different aspects of raising a kid. And it changes every week and it changes every month, but still you're learning how to be parents together. And that's really hard to do when one person's at work and not in the house. Yeah, especially in those early days. Like, I feel like the, your kid changes so much and they're developing. And so like Neha could even, if I were at work and, and there was something going on at home where she was like struggling, sometimes I could give her suggestions based on things that had worked. Other times it's like, I have no idea. I'm not home. Right. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on and I, I wish I could help you. All I can do is support you and hope you can figure it out while I'm here. And that, that part's hard. That part's hard, balancing being a good partner and parent and while you're supposed to be working. That raises the question of, were you distracted in those first few weeks back at work? I presume the answer is yes. You were definitely tired. I know that. But how effective do you think you were when you went back to work, when you knew that home life for Neha in particular was going to be filled with ups and downs? It's a hard question to answer just because I don't, I don't, I just don't have a great memory of it anymore. That's part of like evolution, right? You like forget just how brutal it was. Yeah, I was exhausted. So I think just that alone is going to make me not as effective as I would have been. I don't think that was probably the the best, most productive month or two of work that I've had in my career. I I was doing the job, but it wasn't, I'm pretty sure it was not the, the most productive month I've ever had. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my next national question, though, is did you need to be there? Because we talked a little bit about the nature of your job where the responsibility of the cases falls almost entirely on you to see it through to the end. So if you would have taken, say, the total of the 12 weeks that was offered to you, would that have made a difference to your cases? Would it have made a difference if you had taken an additional one month or two weeks? I think it's a hard question to answer. I think if I had decided that I was going to take the time completely off, then I probably would have transitioned most of my cases. The other ones that I would have kept, maybe I would have put together more of a list of things that I would hope could get done while I was gone. I would have slowed things down for sure. And And the other part of it too is I, if I had not done anything for 12 weeks, and I think there are a lot of my colleagues do, a lot of people do, and, and they make it work. The amount of, when I came back after that time, the amount of 
emails and stuff that I would have had to catch up on would have been, I don't want to say insurmountable, but it probably would have taken me two months just to catch up on that. I think there would have been a cascading effect where by the time you eventually get caught up, you're so far down the line, another few months down the line that then it, it may have had an impact on some of the cases that I was working on. But I think it's maybe I'm overstating it. Yeah, it's a bit of a challenging hypothetical. And I think I wanted to ask that question because I wanted to get a sense for, and I'm guilty of this too, especially in a post-COVID world, it's so natural to let work bleed into what was traditionally family time or your personal life. And on the flip side, we're mostly replaceable at our jobs. So the question is, when we have periods of less productivity, does it matter and how does it matter? And I guess to drive the question a bit deeper, if you were less productive for a three to four to six month period, how would that, even in a friendly environment, which it seems like you had in your workplace, how would that have changed potentially the trajectory of your career? I don't even know that it's leave specific. I think it's just starting a family. And I would imagine it'd be the same if not, if you know someone else who had a parent who was sick that they had to care for, whatever external life situation happens that increases your responsibilities outside of work. Just time is the finite resource. You either can't sleep or you have to give up family time or you have to give up work time. And I think for most people, probably a little bit comes off of all of those, but the work part, I think, does come down. And I think at least for me, it's accepting that like, the amount of time that I would work, the how thorough I could be every day. It just, it was not, it was not going to be the same. I wasn't going to have as much time to prepare for things as I would have before. And that's the trade-off. As I said, time is a finite resource. You, you can't be everything to everyone all the time and survive. I think that's fair. I, I wanted to come back. We skipped over a significant part of your experience as a new parent, especially in that first week. You mentioned the major medical event. What was that like? What was the routine when you were dealing with this major medical situation and the grandparents that you had called to be there for help um, to care for your wife and your newborn all of a sudden needed full attention because one of them was going through a significant medical emergency? What was that like for you? What was the routine as brand spanking new parents? It was pretty gnarly, Kunal. It was pretty gnarly. We were lucky because Neha's brother was able to fly in. And so he, once he came in, he was able to manage the medical situation. But it's obviously still a family member who's going through something and that impacted how we were doing at home. I, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend having a family member have a medical emergency when you bring your first child or second child. Or So we... We were coming home from the hospital, I think it was the set, like day two post-Serena. Post and literally, like we walked into the house and, that, and the medical emergency was happening when we walked into the house. And so probably within 15 or 20 minutes of us walking in the door, it's hard to remember exactly, there, were, there was an ambulance outside our house, paramedics coming in and... Because Neha was breastfeeding, she had to stay at home with the baby. And I 
went with Neha's other parent to the hospital to try to understand what was going on. And Frank, as you mentioned, she arrived while I was at the hospital. And I think, as I said before, she helped set everything up. It was, and Neha was already having undergone like the trauma of giving birth and all of the emotions that course through being a new parent and the pain and the discomfort that she's in and the hormones. It was, it was very difficult for both of us, but especially for Neha and being new parent where you don't know anything and going through this other very distressing thing. It was very hard. It was very hard. We were very lucky that Franco was, has, was basically on a train and arrived uh, a couple hours later and was able to take charge and help us as, as much as she could. And we were also lucky that uh, Neha's brother was able to fly out and take point on the medical stuff. And that, that sort of helped because it took that part of it off of our plate, but there's still all of the emotional stuff around one of Neha's parents not being well and, and understanding what was going on. And yeah, and then it was adjusting to her parents. The idea had been like they would take care of Neha and give Neha and I the space to take care of Serena. And like they would help with Serena too. They wanted to help Neha recover primarily was their goal. And obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and what did it look like day by day, Alvaro? You just put your head down and do what you need to do. If Neha needed to rest, like I took care of Serena. If Neha needed something, you know, I got it for her. And we, Neha's more of a, a morning person. I'm more of a night person. So I took the night feed. So we were, I think, feeding Serena every three hours. I think I was feeding her at 12 and 3 or something like that. And Neha mm -hmm. would be up and do the 6 a.m. feed. Sometimes Neha would get up and, and breastfeed. But other times I would sort of do that early morning feed. And that's... That's what the first couple of weeks were like. I mean, it's just surviving. If you don't mind me asking, how long was her parent in the hospital and when did they come home and what attention did they need when they came home from the hospital? It changes the dynamic entirely where you thought you were going to have some help, but now you have additional responsibility. Definitely changed the dynamic. I think it was like a week or two they were in the hospital. And I think when they came home, I don't... I think they were mostly okay. There were, I think, some follow-up doctor's appointments. I think, but by the time they got home, I think the sort of acute part of it was over. And it was, they were still recovering, but I think we were able to slowly transition to where we thought we were going to be when we brought Serena home. It adds a lot of context to why you were saying earlier that you would have wanted a couple of extra weeks if you had a hospitalized parent for two weeks starting on day one of coming home, and then what, two weeks later, you're back at work essentially, right? Yeah, that, that's how it happened. And, and yeah, I think obviously if we had if we had known that, we would have planned differently in lots right. of different ways. But yeah, that was, it, I think it just made it harder, a lot harder for Neha to get get into the like the parenthood place and just because there was so much more that was put on her plate at the beginning because of yeah. that emotionally especially 
Speaking of emotions of being a parent, were you able to take the time to process that part of being a parent for yourself? You're coming home and you have to deal with this major medical emergency, and then you've got two weeks of that, and then you're back to work in a couple of weeks. What was that like for you? I think it took time. I don't even know how much time. I don't think it was like a week or two to for me to really develop that emotional connection that I think may have felt much sooner than I did because she was carrying Serena. But I think it took a while. Part of why it was important for me, at least, to take that 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 second time where it was really just Serena and I, I think that really let some of that emotional connection develop and deepen where it's not like you're just changing diapers and feeding and sacrificing all the sleep because you're supposed to. It's because you feel that like almost like intrinsic need to do it, not yeah. just like an intellectual or yeah understanding. There's like that emotional component. At six months too, they're much more interactive than they are at a few days old. So the sort of physical demands that they have early, maybe it takes a little longer because you know, you're really in the sidekick seat in terms of addressing their physical needs. And then when they get older, you can develop more of an emotional bond with them. And that's beyond just you need food and you need a clean diaper and you need to sleep. Yeah. I don't I'm curious for you, but I feel like it turned it turned for us more when Serena started smiling, which I think was mm-hmm. around three months or so. It's just mm-hmm. as you said, it's like when they when Serena became a little bit more interactive. I don't know how you felt though. I definitely had a couple of moments within the first week where I was just overwhelmed by the emotion and the gravity of the situation hit me and I basically had to cry it out and then get back on the horse and do all the things that needed to be done. Take care of Millie, take care of Leah. But similar to you, I was the primary caretaker for Leah from months basically three to five and then at five and a half we started with a nanny and I look back on that time as the time I got to know my daughter. I would say that there was some immediate smack in the face. This is a massive change that I experienced. And then it took time to develop that bond. And that time that it takes for a new dad to develop a bond with their kid is super important. And it doesn't happen right away. And so thinking about what we offer as parental leave then, to me, becomes even more important. Because we're potentially not giving the space and time for that to happen. If people don't have the leave or they can't take it for whatever reason, we're really putting new dads at a disadvantage. I will add one thing that I I was thinking about when you said that, especially when you said those emotional moments, you know, around when Leah first came into the world. What that reminded me of was in the beginning, we did skin to skin contact, not just Neha and Serena, but me and Serena. And I feel like I, I can still feel that. And having her, having her against my chest, just whether she was like fussing or something before, just quiet down and fall asleep and feel her heart beating. Like that is like a really, that was a really special feeling in that, in that I don't know that like I fully developed that emotional connection. Like we talked about, I think that came a little bit later when it was me having the primary caregiving responsibility, but that, that is, that was like the start of something and that. That was a really special thing. Thinking a little bit about the broader world, outside of your experience and my experience, uh, what should we be doing differently as a society to better support parents? And it doesn't just have to be about advocating for dads having or taking leave, but what would help? Everyone should have paid parental leave of at least three months. I think probably six months is better. I know there are other 
I think there are other countries that do even longer than that. But six months for sure would be ideal or or not ideal, but would be, I think, a really good start because I think if it's paid parental leave, it lets you focus on learning how to be a parent, learning your child, learning how to care for them without that acute pressure for how to earn a living. I think that's part of it. And the other part of it is having daycares be more affordable and having quality standards. Being a daycare teacher is, is incredibly hard. I don't know what a daycare teacher makes, but I imagine it's not a lot of money. And I think making that affordable, accessible, quality daycare up until kindergarten or pre-K, that's, I know that is already something that some cities already have coverage for. But I think you need both of those things because you have that, that allows parents who want to work to be productive members of society, whether it's full-time or part-time, while also giving parents opportunity at the beginning to really bond with their child and learn how to be a parent if it's kid number one or if it's kid number two or more than two to learn the new kid and also adjust to what a bigger family life is like. The earlier that you can bond with your kid and be a good parent and help them develop and get them on the path where they can fully develop and you know become productive members of society and good people. The earlier you start with that, the easier the path goes from there. Those are all important issues. I wanted to ask one more question about whether or not you see your taking of parental leave as part of a new generations of dads that are doing things differently than maybe our parents did. There's statistics around dads in our generation changing diapers more frequently or taking on that caregiver role more frequently. How much of this is about breaking stereotypes and maybe making it more equal for the women in the workplace who have taken on more childcare responsibilities traditionally and maybe their careers have suffered because of it? I feel like I, I hope that it's part of a new trend, a better trend for our generation. I grew up in a more traditionally gendered household where my mom stayed home to to raise my brother and I and my dad was the breadwinner for at least the significant portion of our early lives and I think I saw how hard that was on my mom to do everything in terms of raising us but also do everything around the house I probably also wanted more time with my dad too and I've tried to consciously strike a better balance and Neha's very career-driven and so I try, try to support her as best I can. I think for me it is like a conscious effort to try to bring more equity into not only raising Serena and taking care of Serena but doing things around the house. Howard, it's been so wonderful to talk to you about your experience, and I learned so much from hearing about how you and Neha made decisions around taking parental leave. Next time we'll do a sports podcast, I promise, but uh, thank you for doing this and really, really enjoyed talking to you about these difficult issues. I can't believe you had to go through a major medical emergency in the family at the same time you were bringing Serena home from the hospital. 
So I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that, but thank you for sharing your story. One of the more difficult conversations I remember having with my wife before we went into the hospital to welcome our daughter was about what to do if something didn't go as planned, either for the mom or the baby, and what decisions would have to be made and when. As someone who isn't in healthcare and is unfamiliar with the healthcare system, that's naturally one of the scariest parts of being a bystander to childbirth. Next time on Dads on Leave, Eric Lockhart shares his story of an early delivery, a NICU stay, and postpartum complications with his partner, and the two weeks of parental leave he had to manage it all.